This is episode six. It's called the Motherhood Special. Hey everyone, it's a very bright light. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. Well, yes, you heard that right. We're doing a special. We're doing a Mother's Day special. Yep. <laughs> well, we're six episodes in. I thought it was time. Do you feel like we're ready? Yeah. You're always ready for anything, aren't you? Yes, Mama. Okay, let me ask you. So speaking of Mother's Day. Yes. Which is on Sunday. Yeah. Do you have any plans for me or anything up your sleeves? I'm just waiting to see on Mother's Day. Well, you heard the lady. I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to be patient, <laughs> which is totally making me laugh because the whole time we were, we were recording that, her Mother's Day card, God bless her little heart, was sitting about 16 centimeters away from me the whole time. <laughs> So I'm going to have to use my best Meryl Streep acting skills and be super surprised. So, ah, dear. Okay. She's so cute. All right. So today on the ABL Mother's Day special, ABL standing for A Very Bright Life, ABL, which spells Abel. Get it? Get it? (laughs) Now I sound like Avery. Yeah. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the mothering trifecta. So some thoughts about my mom, thoughts about me as a mom, and I'm going to share a story about why it's difficult for me anyway to imagine Avery in the role of mom. I mean, she'd make an excellent mother, like who we kidding? But um, I'll go on to explain a little bit about how it's not going to be in the cards for her. Not in the traditional way, anyway. But before I dive in, I'm going to do a little explanation. I got some explaining to do because in the last episode, I shared a few of my maybe not so stellar parenting moments, like nothing awful, but just some things that made me wonder if maybe I could do better. And the purpose wasn't really to call out bad parenting, but it was more to demonstrate that there's really no such thing as a bad mom. You know, like I called the episode Bad Moms Club, mostly because it was easy and like maybe catchy. Mm. Well, I should have listened to Avery because she said she did not like the title and she didn't approve it. So we we agreed on calling it the BMC for short. Well, officially anyway, because when she left the room, I reverted back to calling it Bad Moms Club. <laughs> See, I'm so bad. Okay, but if you know anything about me, it ha- everything has to have a theme or some kind of reason linked to it. I don't know. I think it's an affliction left over from my teaching days or something. So I tongue in cheek called it... Um, the Bad Moms Club as an homage to the movie Bad Moms, which was ironically also a very bad movie. It was it was god awful, and the second one it was worse. Like it was pretty much unwatchable. Anyway, in the last episode, I explained all about how the title of the episode was inspired by the movie, and I was all like, you know, the movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah. Well, afterwards, when I was editing, I was like wait a minute, you ding dong. That's the wrong movie. (laughs) They weren't even in that. It was Kristen Bell and what's her name? Ashton Kutcher's wife. So I just (laughs) ended up chopping that whole section right out of the episode, which meant that there was really no explanation for a while. It was called Bad Moms in the first place. And um, people were confused. So to the people who reached out, 
to say that the term bad mom made them uncomfortable. Sorry about that. So I'm just here to officially declare that we moms are never, well, rarely never, bad. We're imperfect, that's true, but there's nothing bad about that. So let's just normalize that and move on. Okay, so this week, though, I'm staying on the theme of mothers, all mothers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Okay, wait, I take the back. There are no bad moms, as I just mentioned, so don't come at me, or ugly mothers. We're all beautiful. Well, okay, mind you, if you could see me right now, I am not at my optimal looks. I came downstairs this morning and my husband legitimately did a double take at my outfit choice from my from my floor drobe, as they call it. So yeah, this is why there is no video with this podcast. But yeah, it's a lockdown. Comfort trumps fashion. Hundo P. Am I right? Jeans? Jeans? What are jeans? Actually, I saw that Spanx now makes elastic waist jeans. And I got to say, I uh, am intrigued. So Spanx, if you want to sponsor an episode, I am your demographic right over here. Thank you, cortisol and uh, late night snacking. So anyway, so Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a holiday, but some are a little dicey. And by dicey, I mean, they can be somewhat triggering, like take Valentine's Day. Okay, like we don't actually celebrate Valentine's Day over here. We never have. I think my husband hit the jackpot on this one because I don't, I never ask for flowers. I don't like trinkety little gifts. Bring me a bag of ruffles and I am yours forever. I'm pretty easy. Are you hearing this, Banks? So, but Avery exchanges Valentine's with her friends. It's, it's a sweet little way to, you know, acknowledge and appreciate her friends. But my husband and I see the holiday as kind of like a, I don't know, it's sort of a greedy Hallmark cash grab. But if you do celebrate it and there's joy in it for you, then by all means, go for it. But, okay, so let's talk Mother's Day, though. It can be rife with, is that a word? It can be rife, yeah, with emotion. For, for people who've lost their moms, it's a painful reminder Or for people who've had troubling relationships with their moms, it might just bring all that back to the surface. And then for those who've longed to be moms, but it hasn't happened, a holiday celebrating motherhood can be really upsetting, as well as those who've lost children. It's it's just a pretty loaded holiday all around. When I say holiday, I'm doing air quotes because that's what I do. Not to mention single moms who might not really even get a day off on Mother's Day. You know, I get the sentiment around it, um, but it's just not a day that everyone looks forward to. So do we celebrate Mother's Day in our house? Yeah, mostly because the kids think it's fun. Plus, it's obviously a great excuse for me to sleep in and have breakfast brought to me in bed. So I'm not going to say no to that, though the breakfast is, okay, it's usually pretty awful. No offense to the kitchen staff at Shea Thornbury, but it's generally like dry toast with like runny eggs and some awkwardly cut fruit on the side. But, you know, it's one less meal I have to make, so I am there for it. And gifts consist of, you know, the card, the hand-drawn cards, which are always the best. And then something I've either ordered for myself online or my husband has bought last minute at the grocery store. So that's special. 
But my favorite part of Mother's Day is something that I think a lot of moms will agree is the best gift ever. It's the gift of being left alone. (laughs) You know, I usually spend my Mother's Day on my computer or watching Netflix or reading a book. Oh, I'm reading the best book right now from the library. Um, Or taking a long walk, a long walk all by myself. You know, you just can't buy that kind of serenity at Amazon. You hear me? Do you celebrate Mother's Day? Like, what do you do? Do you go all out or is it some kind of like quiet thing? Or do you just ignore it completely? I would love to know. So feel free to message me about it on Mother's Day because I'll be on my phone most of the day by myself, just enjoying the quiet. Ah, Mother's Day. So when I was trying to think about what I would like to talk about around Mother's Day, I knew I wanted to start by celebrating the women, the mom figures who helped to mold me into the woman that you see before you. Um, So first and foremost, my mom, Anne Elizabeth, Avery's middle namesake, and my hilarious punster mom. Seriously, she she is a stitch. Mom, you are one wonderful being. You really are. And well, yeah, I want to strangle you sometimes, but I don't know who I would be without you. So I wrote this post about my mom quite a few years ago, I think like 10 years ago, and I called it My Mother Myself. And then I quickly changed the title to The Mother Load when I found out that the former title is a title of a book of um, female erotica. So, I mean, the post was about my mom, so ew. I mean, no. Yeah, my mom kept trying to talk to me about Fifty Shades of Grey when it was popular, and she kept bringing it up, and I'd be like, nope, la, 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 I can't hear you, stop talking. There are just some things that you don't, you don't want to talk to your mother about, so that is one of them. So the story I wrote about my mom was based on how lucky I am to be hers. And I think the majority, I mean, I think the majority of people love their mom, right? The mother and child bond is like nature's way of keeping children close so they don't get eaten by a lion or something. And it also ensures that parents have someone to care for them in their decrepit years. So humans may instinctively love their moms, but they don't necessarily like them. I think I'm lucky because I, I like my mom and I love her. So my mom is, is my biggest fan and she thinks everything I do is just wonderful. I mean, who doesn't want their own personal hype girl? Seriously. All right. So here's two two quick things I learned from my mom. I think one through osmosis, and it's this parenting trick called, okay, it's not officially called this. This is what we call it, um, talking behind your kid's back. And basically it's when you know that your kids are kind of within earshot, but not making it too obvious. Like for example, maybe you're on the phone talking to somebody and you humble brag about your child pretending that you don't know that they can hear you. And I feel like uh, when you're talking about them, instead of directly to them, they're more likely to take your compliment as sincere. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember as a kid hearing my mom talking to her girlfriend on the phone about something about me and something really positive and um, feeling like I had the secret, the secret glimpse into how she really felt about me. And it felt so great. So that's one thing. The other thing is my mom is very non-confrontational, 
Uh, she's a very gentle person, um, unless you unless you do one of her kids wrong, and then she'll tear you a new one. And I remember I must have been about seven or eight, and I was walking home from school. I was carrying my Holly Hobby lunch kit, and these two older boys followed me all the way home and kicked my lunchbox and dented it. And they just, they bullied me all the way home. And I came home and I was so upset. And my mom was out the door, like shot over to those boys' parents' house and she let them have it. And I (laughs) was so proud of her. And obviously it made an impression because I remember it to this day. So, and I'm the same because if you mess with my kids, I'll mess you up real bad. Not only is she fierce, my mom is funny, like super funny. And thankfully she passed along her silly bone to me because the ability to find the funny bits during the crap times has, it's helped me through some pretty tough days. Mom, you are amazing, but you're also a wicked grandmother, like wicked in a cool way, not like a witch. (laughs) Avery and Sebastian just adore you. Do you, do you remember when Sebastian was little and we were at your house for the weekend and I did something, I don't know what it was, something Sebastian didn't like. I can't remember what it was, but he told me that he wished that you were his mother instead of me. <laughs> oh, that felt great. Uh, but I get it. You're fun and funny and silly and you're hands-on. You love to play and bake and dote on the kids and they love it and they just love you. And I, I mean, I know my kids love me, but I sincerely hope as they get older, they like me as much as I like my mom. <sighs> oh, I feel emotional. <laughs> okay, on to my Adamadas, my mom's, not by blood, but by connection. So growing up, my best friend's mom was my second mom. She was there for so many milestone moments. She was another playful mom, always up for a board game or just indulging us in whatever harebrained thing we were up to. We were, we were ridiculous, seriously. Um, she taught us how to sew, although I was pretty hopeless. I still am. I can barely sew a button on a shirt, honestly. She taught me some recipes and some homemaking trip tips. Can you still say homemaking? Is that like a thing? I don't know. But she taught me these tips, that I, skills that I still use to this day, like the epic Lysol trick. Although I've been sworn to secrecy, so I can't share, but it is a good one. Um, have you seen the movie on Netflix called Yes Day or The Yes Day or something? It's the Jennifer Garner one. Yeah, I watched it with Avery the other day and she loved it. I mean, it wasn't my favorite thing ever, but I was able to make it to the end, which says a lot. But the message was positive. Um, it reminded me of my Adamada Bonnie. And, you know, she was the original, the OG yes mom. She pretty much indulged us in every request. And I mean, in a very healthy way. We respected her and we never asked for anything too, too much. I'm not going to expand on what some of those things were because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were legal. But they were also exhilarating and some of the best core memories ever. I feel like on some level that the trust that she had in us helped instill a confidence in me that's still there, you know? And of course, the aunties, the blood-related anti-friendship, who took me camping and played games with me and cheered me on throughout my life, straight up takes a village. Yeah, motherhood. It's both the easiest and the hardest thing in the world. Some days it is a piece of cake. And I'm like patting myself on the back all over the place. And I'm questioning like why I ever doubted myself at all. 
And then other days, it can make you bonkers. You question every decision you've ever made, and you legit fear for your children's future. It's your basic roller coaster, which is why some people choose not to have children. And I respect that. I mean, if you're not all in, then parenting might not be for you. I'm not judging. I think, I think if you know that that's not something that you truly want, the most selfless thing that you can do is choose not to be a parent. And in that case, I wonder, how does Mother's Day feel to you? I mean, mind you, if you're not a parent, you're probably not listening to this in the first place. But I just wonder, like, do you think Mother's Day is silly? Or does it make you question or even regret your decision? I'm not being nosy. I'm just curious. I love being a mom. And when younger women tell me that they're pregnant, I am just so excited for them. I'm honestly, oh, I just, I just want to squeeze them and go, you, we well, shouldn't squeeze a pregnant woman, but I just want to just squeeze them and just say like, oh, you were in for like the most joyful thing in the world and the most terrifying thing in the world. You know, motherhood is really a gift. It's just such a thrill to watch new moms join the club. Not the, just the mom, regular moms club. I mean, not bad moms. I have had the honor of mentoring and befriending so many new moms who've joined this subset of motherhood. Mamas who are raising kids with physical or intellectual or developmental disabilities. And I need to say here very clearly that having a child with disabilities does not lessen the joy of motherhood at all. Well, that's my experience. Anyway, in some ways, I think it might even enhance it or deepen the meaning somehow. I don't know. I could expand on that, and maybe I will another time, but this brings me to mothering Avery. How blessed am I? She makes me look good as a mom. Seriously, I'm more patient because of her, and I mean, if it weren't for her, my life would be completely different. I'd still be teaching, probably living downtown Toronto, but instead we're living in the suburbs in a neighborhood we love, supported by a community of like-minded parents and practitioners who are so incredibly loving and supportive. Plus, I have the privilege of being home with Avery. I mean, if you told me 15 years ago that I was going to leave teaching and I'd be working from home, I would say that you are nuts. But (laughs) here we are. And it's been amazing. And I found my passion for writing and creating content online. I mean, that wasn't even a thing when we first Uh, when I first went on maternity leave in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's new. And I get to be a part of every moment of her life. But obviously, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. I mean, let's be real. There have been some real crap moments. But I can honestly say that if I had the power to change it, I would not. I mean, I'd take away the health risks and maybe smooth down the edges of some of the other BS around disabilities, but I'd keep everything else. Being a mother, it kicks ass. I love it. So I'll definitely be celebrating on Sunday, which reminds me I should probably buy groceries for my breakfast because, I mean, I deserve the best. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm going to end this episode with one final topic, and it's kind of a tricky one. When I wrote about it once, um, quite a while ago, so many disability mamas reached out to me to say they felt the same. And it's about a mom's wish of motherhood for our daughters. But we know, well, at least I do, that our daughters might never have the opportunity to be birth moms. 
developmentally or at least genetically, it might not be possible. And I'm going to be honest and say that I find I find the idea somewhat devastating. I want to be a playful, hands-on, baking, silly, fun grandma like my mom. I mean, I may have the opportunity opportunity with my son. We've put in a request that he has four children, so he needs to get on that fairly soon. No pressure, Sebastian. But as for Avery, I'm a share a post I wrote on the blog. And I'm just, I'm just going to read it because otherwise I'll get all wrapped up in it and emotional and it could get ugly. Oh, so I will be an ugly mom. <laughs> so, you know, reading is safer. And let's be honest, it's probably quicker. So, okay. Me, 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 me. Here it goes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing right now. Okay. So, Mother's Day is coming up. And I'm not a fan of Hallmark holidays, but I guess this is one opportunity to reflect on motherhood. At the risk of sounding cheesy, motherhood is a gift, but not one that everyone receives. Sometimes that's a choice, other times not. My daughter will probably never become a birth mother, and I try not to think about that. But it's difficult to ignore when your kid is patting your neighbor's pregnant belly saying, there's a baby in there? I can't wait to see your baby. I'm going to have a baby too. Ever since Avery learned that this baby was on the way, she has been walking around the house with her rubber Dora ball tucked all up inside her shirt, rubbing her tummy saying, I'm going to be a mummy. I'm just pretending, but when I'm big, I'll have a baby too, right, mom? I'm so excited. That's gutting. I understand how incredible it is to be a mom, so it hurts to know that she may never have the privilege. But I try to squash those thoughts as soon as they enter my mind, but I'm not always successful. The thoughts are impossible to ignore when you're faced with them head on. As Avery waddled around the kitchen, back arched, smiling wide, she told her big brother that her baby is a girl named Little Avery. My son asked me under his breath, Mom, can she have a baby? He waited expectantly, pardon the pun, for an answer, and I gave him one, the answer our geneticist gave us. As an aside, we never asked the doctor for this information. Avery wasn't even two years old at this meeting, and the thought of her as a parent hadn't yet crossed our minds. Our focus back then was simply getting her fed and hydrated. When the geneticist spoke about her development, she casually added, and if one day she's cognitively able to consider motherhood, we'll address it then because obviously with her genetics, she won't be able to conceive. Hearing that, especially delivered as an afterthought, caught my husband and I completely off guard. I explained to my son that one day, if Avery wanted to start a family, she would have to get some help. Since her chromosome deletion and duplication is present throughout her DNA, she would likely pass it on. But maybe by the time she's in her child-rearing years, there might be something that they can do scientifically to prevent that. I get that, he said, the genetic part. But will she be able to be a mom? Will she be smart enough? Capable, I mean? Got it again. But I've wondered the same. Avery has greatly exceeded what everyone predicted she would be able to do. Who are we to say what she will and will not be capable of one day? We just don't know for sure. 
But what I do know for certain is that she's the warmest, kindest person. This child is all heart. She loves hugs and helping and animals and people, especially baby ones. If she does become a mother one day, her child will be abundantly loved. So when Avery tells me she's going to be a mummy like me, I smile and silently banish the worrisome thoughts. If my girl can't become a mother in the traditional sense, it could certainly happen for her in many other ways. She might be a mama to fur babies. She already is. Or she might find happiness working in a daycare, nurturing all kinds of kids. Maybe she'll fill the role of best aunt ever. Perhaps she'll adopt. There are many ways to experience motherhood. I'm just so incredibly grateful that I get to experience it as her mom. What do you call a mom who can't draw? What do you call a mom who can't draw? You mean me? Yeah. (laughs) What do you call a mom who can't draw? I don't know. Tracy, get it? I have one more joke. (laughs) You have another joke? A mom who can't draw is called Tracy. (laughs) And and, and then, um, knock, knock. Who's there? Mom. Mom who? Mom, you are the best um, mother I ever have. That's why. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. Gracias, Love you, mommy. Oh my goodness, this child is so sweet. I should probably also add that we it's Cinco de Mayo today and we just had enchiladas and watched Coco. And so that was Avery's best Spanish. <laughs> That's pretty bueno, actually. Okay, on that note, I will bid you adieu. Wish you a happy Mother's Day. I'm off to bed. I'm going to read my book, have some tea, and then get up and pee 45 times. <laughs> and then, you know how it goes. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a good review. Otherwise, let's just not speak of it. And if you'd be so kind and you'd like to share, more people will find us and this beautiful, bright community will continue to grow. See you next time.